Tavuatov, everybody. Welcome to Parashat Vaigash. Once there were two brothers who inherited their father's land. The brothers divided the land in half and each one farmed his own section. Over time, the older brother married and had six children, while the younger brother never married. One night, the younger brother lay awake and he thought to himself, It's not fair that each of us has half the land to farm. My brother has six children to feed and I have none. He should have more grain than I do. So that night, the younger brother went into his silo, gathered a large bundle of wheat and climbed the hill that separated the two farms and over to his brother's farm. Leaving the wheat in his brother's silo, the younger brother returned home feeling pleased with himself. Earlier that very same night, however, the older brother was also lying awake. It's not fair that each of us has half the land to farm, he thought. In my old age, my wife and I will have our own grown children to take care of us, while my brother will probably have none. He should at least sell more grain from the fields now, so he can provide for himself with dignity in his old age. So that night, too, he secretly gathered a large bundle of wheat, climbed the hill, left it in his brother's silo, and returned home, feeling pleased with himself. The next morning, lo and behold, the younger brother was surprised to see the amount of grain in his barn was unchanged. I must not have taken as much wheat as I thought, he said. Tonight, I'll be sure to take more. This went on for several nights, until... More determined than ever, each brother gathered a large pile of wheat from his barn, loaded it into a cart, and slowly pulled his haul through the fields and up the hill to his brother's barn. At the top of the hill, under the shadow of a moon, each brother noticed a figure in the distance. Who could it be? When the two brothers recognized the form of the other brother and the load he was pulling behind, they realized exactly what had been happening. Without a word, They dropped the ropes to their carts and embraced. This story really makes me choke up when I read it. And I think this is almost like the ultimate goal of giving. But we'll return to this theme of giving in a few minutes. This week in Parashat Vaigash, it's easy to focus on the growth of Yehuda. Yehuda, after all, goes from selling his brother into slavery to now offering himself as a slave. Yehuda goes from giving Eiravon, from giving collateral a few weeks ago to what he thought was a harlot, ended up being his daughter-in-law, to now this week offering himself as collateral, the same word, ki offering himself as collateral for his brother Benjamin. This is a total transformation of character by Yehuda. But what about Yosef? How did Yosef grow throughout this period? The amazing thing about Yosef is that he goes from being a dreamer to becoming an interpreter of dreams. When Yosef first had his dreams, he must have thought he was special, so he went and bragged about it to his brothers. But in order to see how Yosef really grew into a dream interpreter, we need to understand one thing. How is it that Yosef figured out how to interpret Paro's dreams? And furthermore, how did this affect the interpretations of Yosef's dreams looking back? If you notice, Rabbi David Foreman points out really brilliantly that there is a giant chiasm in the life of Yosef. Last week's parasha, we hear Yosef was taken out of the board. He was taken out of jail. Isn't that curious? A couple of pesukim before that, it called the jail a sohad. Why is it now calling it a board, a pit? 
Well, it seems the Torah is purposely blurring the lines to when Yosef actually was thrown in a pit. But that time it was by his brothers. What happens after he emerges from the pit? It says he prepares to go to Paro. He gets a haircut. He changes his clothes. Amazingly, what happened before his brothers threw him into the pit? They took off his ketonet pasim. Amazing. So we're hearing everything as Yosef is descending into the pit is reflecting everything Yosef does as he's emerging from that pit. Very next thing. Yosef goes before Paro. What does Paro say? Halom halamti ufoted en oto. Oh, that's interesting. Who else had dreams? When Yosef had his dreams, Yosef said, halamti halom. Even the words themselves are chiastic. Halom halamti and halamti halom. Amazing. So now, Yosef starts to hear Paro's explanation or description of his dreams. And he says there were seven beautiful cows. Yefot Torah, yefot mar'eh. Well, the, the dreams were certainly spoken in Egyptian, but the Torah is trying to say, in Yosef's mind, what is it reminding him of? So you as the reader get a glimpse into Yosef's feeling as he's hearing Paro's dreams. Who else in the life of Yosef was described as Yefot Torah, yefot mar'eh? Yosef's mother, Rahel, and Yosef himself. So he's realizing, Paro's dreaming about me. And he's realizing that these cows represent the family of Rahel. And then what happens? The skinny cows come and devour the fat cows. And the skinny cows are described as Rakot Basar. And how do we describe Le'ah earlier in the Torah? The eyes of Le'ah were weak. The same word sounds almost exactly the same. It's a homophone. So what's happening now? Yosef is realizing, oh my God, this is exactly a description of my history. The children of Le'ah devoured me. I was gone without a trace. But now Yosef starts to think to himself, well, if these cows represent the number of brothers that I had from Le'ah, and me and my brother Benjamin, well, that would be six and two. What's this seven and seven business with regards to Le'ah and Rahel? Well, actually, that's the number of years that my father worked for Le'ah and for Rahel, respectively. So this is the key to Yosef understanding, ah, the symbols and dreams represent years. And it'll be that many years till Paro's next dream comes true with the wheat. And there will be years of plenty and years of famine. So now let's bring it back to Yosef's realizations about his own dreams all these years later. He realizes, wow, Paro, you dreamed about me, but I dreamed about you. Because I had a dream that 11 stars, the sun and the moon bowed down to me. What's the key here now? Yosef realizes, ah, each of these represents years. 13 celestial bodies, because it's going to be 13 years from when Yosef is 17 till he's 30, till he becomes viceroy. And the entire universe is bowing before him, depending upon him for wheat, explaining his second dream. And why the 11 and 2 split? Why 11 stars and then a sun and a moon? Because there were two years that Yosef spent in jail. Amazingly, Yosef, looking back at his entire life, he is now able to develop a tremendous humility during his time in Egypt. Yosef realizes that any glory, any high position, was not for his own self-aggrandizement. The bowing, the kavod, all of that had nothing to do with my own greatness like I might have originally thought when I was 17. Rather, 
all the blessings bestowed upon me were meant for me to save Bene Israel. Instead of being a pompous Baal Halomot, as his brothers accuse him of being, Yosef becomes a Poter Halomot. He becomes a person who is an interpreter of dreams instead of being just a dreamer. Now he's always focused outwards. Yosef learned that the real secret of life is not about receiving glory, being admired, or achieving any type of high position. Instead, if you can grow into a vessel for God's blessing, if you can receive in order to become a giver, then you will surely live to see your dreams become a reality. Thank you very much and Shavuot Tov.